Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What a day. Tammy Beaumont became the first England player to score a double hundred in women's tests. She scored 208 at Trent Bridge today. Australia finished at the end of day three of the women's Ashes test on 82 for none. Hell of a lot of runs have been scored today. I'm Katia Whitney and with me again is Cam Ponsonby. First of all, Cam, that was never really in doubt from Tammy Beaumont, was it? No, it wasn't. It it seemed a, a theme of the match so far that the batters, pretty much until the moment they get out, haven't really looked in much danger. We saw it with Perry in the first innings, and then Beaumont and Natsiva Brunt this morning have been batting beautifully and in such kind of control. And there didn't really seem to be a moment once Beaumont kind of got past 100. She had those, she got that chance off her boot yesterday. She was just in complete control of the game. There was a period where she struggled a bit more against the spin of. Um, Australia but she said that in the press conference yesterday she said I prefer pace on the ball I'm just happier when that's the case so she got through that little tough patch she had a a life given to her when she was given on LBW and then it was overturned that was spiritually out morally out I completely agree when I it took everyone by surprise when it turned out it was pitched outside leg because aside from that it looked it looked looked really really out um but no a phenomenal innings and um I was just sad that she was the last one out wanted it to be red ink wanted it to be red ink to go on so that she'd have had back-to-back double hundreds against Australia because she got one in the warm-up last week um, and being 400 not out against Australia is pretty special. Mm, You mentioned she got an unbeaten double in the warm-up. She retired on 201 against Australia A last week. Um, Just some stats to you from Beaumont's innings today. Um, I've reeled them off. The second highest test score for anyone still active in women's cricket. Do you know the other one, Cam? She's also playing in this game. Oh, Elise Perry. Yep. Yeah. Um, the eighth highest women scored 200 in a test match. The highest score for England women across all formats going past Betty Snowball, who scored 189 against New Zealand in 1935, <laughs> 56 years before Tammy Beaumont was born. Cam, I'm assuming you're a massive Betty Snowball fan. I've known about Betty for a long time. We go way back. I've always been a fan of her yeah. stroke play. Um, I, 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 
One thing I want to say which made me laugh was that so Jess Jonasson in, in the Aussie team, she was in the Australia A team last week. So as far as she's concerned, Tammy Beaumont is the best player in the world because she spent four of her last eight days of her life just watching her bat. Mm. Well, Wisdom Cricketer's Almanac described Betty Snowball as having something of the Burt Oldfield in her style. So I'm sure Tammy Beaumont, <laughs> same can be said of her. Um, I'm assuming you're a massive Burt Oldfield fan as well. Burt and Betty. The magic pair for me. Nice pair. It's like a kids TV show, really. Um, <laughs> slightly moving on, I thought it was an interesting contrast between Sophia Dunkley and Beaumont at the crease today. Dunkley scored nine of 51 balls before she was out. Dunkley replaced Beaumont as opener in the T20 side last year, partly because England wanted a more aggressive approach at the top of the order. Am I reading too much into this or could the form Beaumont's in demand a recall to the T20 side? Obviously, massively different formats. We've got to specify that. But there's much more of a crossover in women's cricket between the two sides. She's obviously making a case. But at the same time, I didn't think Dunkley's innings today. It was was a weird innings because she she got like a runnable 80 in the warm-ups. And she got 9 or 50. But it wasn't for, for a lack of trying. Like it wasn't. I didn't feel like she'd gone into a shell. It just felt, felt like she couldn't find a run or she'd hit a field, and she just was really struggling. Basically, it was, it was a tough hour or have, however long it was that she was out there, and it was showed in in her dismissal. She went for the big sweep, missed it, and was clean bowled, and it was just a very kind of tortured time for Dunkley. Um, I think if you're England, you as much as this the runs of one player demand, could demand inclusion. The lack of runs or a poor innings from someone else doesn't necessarily demand their exclusion. And if you want to show some face with the players, um, I'd be surprised if that was a swap that was made straight away. Because in England set out their saw, they said, we're going to play white ball cricket here. We're going to go out, we're going to attack the bowlers. And so Dunkley's um, innings does kind of, an aberration sounds like too strong a word, but it does stand out on the scorecard when mm. you go, What's happened here? There's one player who's not come to the races, basically. Um, but no, she'll have another chance in... I would be surprised if it's tomorrow, but she'll have another chance on, on, on day five to kind of put together a more fluent innings. Well, hopefully. Um, how do you think Australia went with the ball today? I thought Darcy Brown found things pretty tough. She was a bit wayward. Um, Talia McGrath rattled through England's tail well, although she didn't. She was used to sparing, in my opinion. Um, a tough initiation for Test Match Captaincy for Alyssa Healy. Well, I was kind of... I mean, um, former Wisdom Cricket Weekly regular Tar Hashim were, were talking about this. That kind of Australia... They, it's almost like when you go you go into a Chinese takeaway and you know what you want in theory, but then you're just overwhelmed with so many options, you kind of leave with something you didn't mean to order. And so, like, Australia had... They only bowled kind of Alana King for, like, 10 of their first 80 overs, and they have such a plethora of choices in front of them. You don't necessarily kind of... They didn't necessarily come up with, like, any one particular plan and kind of stick to it. I was surprised... The one exception there was Ash Gardner. Ash not Gardner bowled loads today. And they kind of stuck with this uh, trial by spin um, in this afternoon session. They didn't take the new ball until the old one was 99 overs old. They bowled with it for 19 overs. And what I found really peculiar about that was that was when Danny Wyatt was in. And the whole kind of point of Danny Wyatt in this team is that she kind of whacked spin in the middle. And and she did. She got a runnable 45, which really added that kind of impetus that England needed after Dunkley had struggled so much. I understood that like Beaumont struggled a bit more against the spin, so there was something there. And Ash Gardner, just in the press conference, was saying that was pretty much why they did it. They, they just stayed on. They felt like it was working. But it did feel um, peculiar to me, especially when the new ball did come. They did take the new ball and Wyatt nicked off or kind of edged a late cut to slip in the immediate overs. And then, and then the tail 
didn't quite collapse, but wickets became much more regular. Mm. I mean, it's fair enough if you think that Beaumont's weak against spin to keep the old ball on, but, you know, she's on, what, nearly 200 at that point. 100 million, yeah. Yeah, so you'd want to bowl <laughs> at the other end, really. You mentioned Danny Wyatt, her first innings for England in a test match today. I thought she batted really well. Um, just on... Wyatt and Amy Jones's innings, as well as perhaps Natsa run to the beginning of the day, they were all batting really well. Do you think they left some runs out there today? I think they, yes, especially when you put it in the context of Australia's first innings when they got about, I think it was more than 150 from their final th- three wickets and England, uh, just from the card, got about 15. 15 exactly, actually. Mm. Um <laughs> There will be frustration, but I've just, I was just talking to Jeff Lemon, who's another journalist. Um, You're name-dropping very well today. I'm doing very well. I'm just basically just the people who would tell me more interesting things than I have thoughts myself. But Amy Jones and Elise Perry have this kind of on-running. Um, basically, Amy Jones can't bat against Elise Perry. So she got out to her four times in the previous dashes, and I think it was four times in something like 15 balls or 11 balls. And then today, she faced four balls from Elise Perry and got out again. So as soon as she came in, they got Elise Perry here. I think the interesting thing now with the game is how Australia want to play it, right? Because they're in the box seat. England finished their innings 10 runs short of Australia. Australia finished, no wickets down. They're now nearly 100 ahead of England. With this multi-format, there is so much emphasis on not losing the test. Because when you lose the test, you go four points down. It is not impossible, but hard to come back from that. Australia have the ashes. How much will they risk making a competitive declaration to try and win the test and get England attacking compared to making sure they don't lose this game? I think Australia can risk it because they kind of are, are the holders. It's, it's, so if England lose this test match, they then need to win five of the six white ball games to win the competition and regain the urn. Um, Gardner there again in the press is going, we're not here to draw, we want to win. I don't think it, they'll have too much of a dilemma on their hands because I think they will. They've already got a lead of 100. They can bat for two and a half sessions tomorrow, give themselves a day and a bit, and they'll they'll naturally be 350, 400, 400 ahead. That being said, it's much easier to say that in a press conference than it is in when it kind of push comes to shove and the pitch hasn't been breaking up there hasn't been I mean, really interesting Alyssa Healy's kind of talking about one of the um, subtleties between men's women, men's test cricket and women's test cricket is just the weight of players means that the pitch doesn't break up as much you don't have big six foot six lads hammering the pitch and making these footholds which we associate with like a crumbled day five pitch which is why it's so difficult to bat on so on day five here at Trent Bridge it's not going to be oh my God, England won't be able to chase 300 on day five. That's impossible. No, that's absolutely possible. So Australia will need more runs than kind of um, convention assumes they will to defend. I think they'll play ball because I think they're good enough that you can be arrogant enough to do it. They're not going to go, ah, oh, let's hold on for a draw against England. They're going to say, no, let's like drive these guys into the ground. We're better than them. Mm, and, and do you think England are dependent on that declaration to win? I mean, so it's what the end of day three and Sophie Eccleston has bowled more than 50 overs in the game. It's yeah. going to be largely on her if England can force Australia to collapse, right? I'm worried you're correct there. I think I saw your tweet about what's the stat about Australia have declared in like seven of their last nine test innings. They just don't get bowled out. That includes the Canberra test in the last Ashes where the it was an amazing test match, but that was largely down to a double declaration from Australia, which probably gives an indication of what they'll plan to do here. Um, yeah, Sophie Eccleston, at least Perry said it, like the more Sophie bowls for England, the better. And that is kind of like that's their plan. She's their best bowler, so they just give her the ball all the time. I know there is quite um, 
a concern that does surround that because um, this happened last year in the test match Eccleston bowled 40 odd overs and then she then subsequently complained of like shoulder soreness and here we are in the first match of the competition of the series and Eccleston's going to finish with 70 overs to her name and that's loads that's basically a day there's a chance you could bowl a day's worth of test cricket in this one match Amazing. Well, that's all from us tonight. We'll be back at it again tomorrow with another daily podcast. Thanks, Cam, and we'll be ready to talk through everything that happens on day four tomorrow evening. Podcast Network.